0: Hello my lovelies, this is The Sober Manifesto. My name is Dinny and I am not only your host, but I am a mindset coach, a realtor, and a manifesting master. With this podcast, it is my intention to inspire you into action to help you elevate your life to receive more wealth and happiness. Whether you want to take your business to the next level, find true love or just attract more money in abundance, this podcast is for you. I will be sharing with you how I personally transformed my life, healing my relationship with money and changing my mindset to believe that I was worthy of being a badass boss bitch. Life is not a competition people, it is a community and there is enough abundance for everyone. So join me today as we grow with gratitude, lift each other up, maybe cry a little bit and just start winning. Well, here we are, the very first episode of the Sober Manifesto. The fact that we are here at all is proof that the universe delivers to us everything that we ask for. I asked to be able to share my skills in attracting abundance and you asked to be able to learn how to um, attract more, well, abundance. And here we are. The universe and everything in it has become so very connected to me. I live my life with gratitude and control, with an unwavering belief that as long as I follow the basic laws of attraction, I will receive everything I have asked for in abundance. I haven't always been in the driving seat of my own life. In fact, quite the opposite. I had barely graduated to the passenger seat at the beginning of last year, to be honest, and for many years I spent my days happy and oblivious. Okay, happy is a tentative word, but oblivious nonetheless, tucked inside the trunk of someone else's ride. I was just happy, again, tentative, to be alive as they drove along their own roads, going wherever it was that they chose. Problem with that is, while everyone's up front enjoying the scenery, I'm in the trunk, folded in half, getting beaten and bruised and struggling to breathe as they drive along the windiest paths and with all the support that they need. I had disassociated from my own life and I was invisible in everyone else's. That's no way to live life now, is it? So what about you? Are you feeling lost or maybe you don't, but you just feel like there has to be more? Maybe you've already started to make that special connection and it's just not coming through quick enough. Well, right here together is where we're going to dissect the magic of the universal connection and the power of manifestation. First, though, I'm going to need you to learn a little bit about me and how I found integration through the simple act of just believing. So let's just jump in. Now, depending on where you knew me in my life, where you met me, you may know me as a few different names. More recently, Dinny, but back in the day, most people knew me as Dee. But the name I was given at birth by my doting parents was Denora. Oh, I hated it. I hated it from day one because no no one ever knew how to pronounce it. It was regularly butchered by everyone, including adults. And they all made this really weird and confused face when they forced it through their lips. It was embarrassing. I felt very excluded at school because of it. Now, even up until recently, I jokingly asked my mom, what on earth was she thinking? She has three kids. Mark, nice, boring name. Natalie, I mean, it's whatever. And then Denora, I didn't see what I see today. I love my name. I love my name today. But I need to understand that back in the day, I had some real insecurities surrounding my name. And they bled through to the insecurities about me as a person. And I carried that through my entire life. Your name is usually the first thing someone asks you after they have processed your face and judgments have already started to accumulate in their brain. Couple this with a very British looking crooked front tooth and you've got yourself a girl who lived inside her imagination just to be able to look at herself in the mirror. Now currently like I said I'm I'm working on owning my name. I have never really met the girl who my parents named me to be. I've never allowed her to grow up so essentially right now I'm becoming Denora for the first few years of my life i grew up on a council estate in teddington just outside of london now i think the american equivalent to this this particular estate would probably be like a trailer park but a really nice one i loved it there was always someone to play with trash cans to play inside of i don't know why we used to do that they had these massive like trash cans in the apartment blocks and we used to climb inside of them to play i don't know why And of course, the elusive mattress in an alleyway that you, you know, turn into a trampoline or build forts out of. Absolutely disgusting, but your kids, you you don't care. The community of that place has never, ever left me. Even to this day, I crave seeing my kids playing with other neighborhood kids. I really want them to have those kind of memories, just like I did, climbing trees. And we had this, this park that was kind of built inside a basin, you know, like climbing frame and swings and a slide. I remember one year it flooded. Now, I really don't want to know what was in that water that came up from the sewers. It, it rained a lot, but I really think looking back, the sewers busted and backed up. But we all ran to our houses, grabbed as much dish soap as we could find, and we just filled this park in the basin full of bubbles. It to this day is one of the best memories of my life. And if I could go back just to one day, it, it would be then. But, however, Having a name like Denora, I was already labelled the weird kid. So although I was having a time of my life, I was essentially playing on my own with just loads of other kids playing around me. Because uh, I wasn't alone in the thoughts surrounding my name. I, I know that I was made fun of because of it, and a lot of other kids would ostracise me because of my name. I was I was the weird kid. Now around that time also, I also de- <laughs> I also developed, embarrassingly, a very healthy obsession with Jane Fonda I mean it makes sense I like girls but how on earth did no one knew that I was gay back then because (laughs) I mean this was a real obsession with Jane Fonda I would put on my bathing suit and it had little frogs on it over a pair of leggings throw on some sweatbands and leg warmers that I got as part of a girls world set for Christmas that year and I would jog jog around the estate inviting other kids to come to my house to do aerobics in my living room (laughs) now sometimes it would work I would rally one or two together but they wouldn't join in they would just stare in what I thought was amazement now I'm really sure it, (laughs) it wasn't but the point is, my imagine- in my imagination, I was not, you know, a five, six year old kid clumsily doing lunges in Lycra in front of my mum's green couch. I was an accomplished aerobics instructor and no one, no one could convince me of otherwise. Uh, listen, to this day, I still love a good lunge. If you know me, you know I love a good lunge. Um, it- listen, OK, It gets worse. My my imagination was having a whale of a time around these years of my life. I remember my sister had this um, brown leather coat and it was really, really heavy when I put it on and it completely drowned me and I looked like I had no neck, but I wore it. And I remember changing my name to, now, not Sophie, not Hannah, not Lucy, not something a little bit more popular at the time. I ran away from the name Donora and straight to Lolita. Now, I I 100% thought that this heavy leather coat that weighed more than I did completely changed my entire appearance and no one would realise it was actually me, little Denora inside, and not Lolita. Now, Lolita wasn't by accident. Not only did I have an obsession with Jane Fonda, I also had this obsession with a female singer from Spain called Lolita, who was the daughter of Lola Flore, who my mom absolutely adored. Lolita was just beautiful and I just really wanted to be her. So I decided that one day I would be. <laughs> I remember strolling and strutting around my estate wearing this jacket and telling everybody that I was my sister's friend from school and I was waiting for her to get home. I know that also my sister had this um, brown racer bike and I, I couldn't fit on it. When I sat on it, my feet couldn't reach the floor. So I used to prop this bike up against the wall outside my house with this jacket on and just sit on the seat posing like a little Danny Zuko. I'm pretty sure I probably had some dark glasses on at this point. Back in 2021, I made the conscious decision to get sober, but I had been living my life unconsciously for quite some time. It was just a few months before I made that decision, I found a lump, a huge lump, in my groin. It was big enough that I had to biopsy it, big enough that my ex-husband offered to raise my youngest kids as I sought treatment. Thank God, when I finally got myself together to gather up the courage to actually get the biopsy, I got the all clear. But why was my entire lymphatic system attacking me? For a few weeks, this thought consumed me. And as it consumed me, I consumed more alcohol. This cyclical behaviour was actually my therapy for years. But something happened. Manifesting taught me that words mean things and you should speak as you intend to receive. It also teaches you that thoughts mean things. And although the words coming out of my mouth were all rainbows and butterflies, my thoughts were an absolute disaster. I was trying to control my energy and manifest things without seeking help and my subconscious just kept manifesting more and more shit into my life. Actually, just for a second, I want to step outside of the manifesting talk and just bring to the forefront the importance of mental health. We're going to touch on this constantly over my podcast because we need to normalize asking for help and removing the I got this mentality when things are alarmingly bad. You don't need to got this. There are paid professionals out there to got this for you. And if you can't afford to speak to a professional, then you grab the closest person in your life or just any person and you say, I don't got this. Okay, well, I did that. I I asked for help, I got sober. I started reaching out and all of a sudden, things started looking up. Literally within two months of scribing out very specifically, On a piece of paper where I will be by the end of the year, where I would have been by the end of the year, I had met the love of my life, sold my house for a substantial amount of money over asking price, paid off my debts and moved away from the town that reminded me of everything that I failed at. And maybe everything I'd forgotten because I was always drunk. My subconscious never forgot though. And I was having panic attacks at every corner. I knew I needed to heal my inner self as well as my outer self, but for me, the only way that I could do that was to move. I moved to a very tiny town in the country in the middle of nowhere. Country life is very good for me. I've learned a lot since being here. More, one of my favorite things that I've learned, and please don't laugh at me, is that when a horse is lying down outside of its place where it goes to sleep, a barn, I don't know what that's called okay hence a city girl country life uh it's not dead i drove past a field full of laying down horse and was absolutely convinced that they were all being killed in the night they're all dead <laughs> a field of dead horses i would also like to bring your attention to the fact that i'm weird please forgive me anyway i guess you could say that manifesting saved my life now I have ADHD and one of my biggest symptoms is obsessive thoughts, um, obsessive intrusive thoughts. Now throughout the years, these thoughts were mainly catastrophizing. I would be driving down the road and at every corner I would visualize us crashing and burning. Same when I took a flight, I could visualize us crashing and burning. No wonder my anxiety was so high and I was in this constant spiral of panic. I think one of my worst memories of this is when I had my first child 20 years ago. I remember walking across a bridge and I could see myself separated. i disassociated and I could see my body in front of me just throwing my baby into the river. At that moment, panic ripped through me. I I gave my baby to my mum. I walked six paces in front of her, disgusted I could even conjure up such a thought but my mind was broken and my mind was broken for many, many years. This became very normal to me. The chaos inside my head spilled into my life. Sometimes things would go good for a while and I'd obsess over my success. I'd get lost in my daydreams of my new life and all the things I'd have, but one kink in the stream and it would all just come crumbling down. I'd be back to nightmares after struggling to fall asleep because I'd be planning my reaction to news my dad had died or how I would feel if I couldn't pay my bills. How am I gonna feed everyone? I really had no faith in myself and this cyclical behavior just continued. I lived for the plan B, for the drama of the disaster. That's how I lived for my entire life until I found the law of attraction. When I, when I first heard the words thoughts mean things, it was like a giant slap to the face. It, I mean, instantly, it was so simple. I had been manifesting my entire life. I just didn't know it. And instead of manifesting health and wealth and happiness, I was manifesting teenage pregnancies with a criminal, a broken marriage and alcoholism. Woo, go me. Thank universe for my life today. I can, I can honestly say I understood the assignment prompted by my absolute favorite planner. It's called the Life Planner. You can find it on Amazon. I answered a very simple question that was prompted in the beginning of the planner. What characteristic do you admire in others? Now, when I was writing my answers, I realized that I admired them because I wanted them. I took an evening to myself with a fresh notebook and I wrote down exactly and specifically who it was I was going to be. I wrote it, I felt it, I set intention, I declared it, and then I created a plan for my action inspired by it all. What I want you to do today is what I didn't do for many, many years. I want you to really pay attention to your thoughts. How do you feel about yourself and how do you change that for the better? Are you translating those thoughts into your words? Because words mean things too. Pay attention to how you respond to your life. Are you just generally negative about life and passing it off as realistic? Be honest with yourself now. Listen, okay, imagine this. Say you have worked really, really hard for a promotion at work. Once you've had your interview, are you already planning to fail by focusing on what you would do if you didn't get the job instead of imagining your life if you did get it? These are very small but important changes They're very very absolutely necessary to make when you are creating a connection of energies between the universe and yourself the universe will give you what you're asking for but if your thoughts overpower your words then guess what that's what you're getting even your subconscious continues to communicate your words and your worries out into the atmosphere as you carry on with your day or even as you're sleeping actually more so when you're sleeping and we'll talk a little bit more about bedtime programming later on in the series but I really want you to be very careful about how your mind is running away with itself as you fall asleep. Start replacing your rushing thoughts of demise at bedtime with journaling about what your ideal life looks like. You're gonna do this before you lay down and then bringing it to life in your mind as you drift off. It will take some practice, but as soon as you begin to paint your dream vacation behind your sleepy eyes, you'll hear the rush of the waves. You might even taste the salt on your lips as you climb out of the deep blue ocean, right onto your chartered yacht. Maybe you'll squint a little bit as the sun beats onto your bronze skin. (sighs) Maybe it's not a vacation that you're striving for. Maybe you're looking for freedom, financial freedom, true love, no debts, a family, better friendships, a new job, purpose or country uh, with a country girl consistency and a cat named Cruella this has been episode one of the sober manifesto thank you so much for making it all the way to the end with me and I will see you all in episode two so do not forget to subscribe have a great day